0: From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants podcast. It's great to be back with you. I am Scott Armstrong, and I have several other Worthless Servants with me. To my left, Freya Galindo.
2: Hi there.
1: To her left, Emily Armstrong. Everyone. Across from us, AJ Fry. Hey guys. And Chelsea Fry.
3: Fun Facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, the oldest your mom joke was discovered on a 3,500-year-old Babylonian tablet. <laughs> That's not true. What, what is it? <laughs> Listen, I did some background research. Yes! <laughs> yes. <we> go. It <laughs> was discovered in Iraq in 1976. However, since then, the tablet has been lost. Oh. oh. But the text remains Preserved. I don't know what it is though. It be-
0: oh, so what does it say? What's the What's your the mom? joke?
3: Your,
4: your mom. mom. <laughs> That's all
0: it says is, is your mom. <laughs> Yo mama. That is not a fact.
1: <laughs> and, it not is, no. <laughs> and it is
2: not
0: fun. No. Tell me that I need to know the
1: joke. I want to know the joke too. Like right, did on. it have to do with the papyrus? Did it have to do
0: with <laughs> <laughs> did it have to
1: your do Your mom
3: with? ate papyrus?
0: <laughs> <laughs> your mom is so dumb she couldn't even write on papyrus. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm thinking of so many things I could say. Right? <laughs> no, so about right your mom's there. so Big, she
1: jumped
2: in the night. No, okay. That's what I said. <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
3: oh, okay, so, so if you right Google there. what's the oldest your mom joke, it, like all of the Google searches are Babylon- Babylonian tablet, 3,500 years old, oldest your mama joke. Your mom's
0: so old, she's as old as this Babylonian tablet. That's oh, true. There you go. That's
3: true. <laughs> so oh, we made up our own. <laughs> there you
0: go. All right, well, we still don't know. <laughs>
1: And Maybe uh, we'll
3: figure it out by the
1: end. <laughs> we're going to go uh, to another ancient text. What? <laughs> oh <my laughs> Oh, that I was see what a you did there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cheesy. Um, and, uh, and we are going to have one of our scripture insights. That's what I call them. I don't know if we need another name or whatever. But every four or five uh, episodes, we have started to dive into a certain text, a certain passage. And so, AJ, could you read
0: for us Revelation 7, 9 through 17? Yes. Revelation 7, 9 through 17 says... After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their Faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes." Wow. This is
1: the word of the Lord. This is awesome. There's a lot going on here. I don't know where to start. Uh, (laughs) First of all, there's a lot going on I, for, for <laughs> those for those that think heaven is just like you know little angels on pillows and you know and, and, fl- and fluffy clouds. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, Hallmark has told us little that, tremble. right? Turbam, yeah, the, like it, it doesn't seem to be just people like fanning everyone and everyone just chilling out. There's a lot going on here. Where do you guys want to jump in?
3: Well, I think the first thing that really jumps out to me is it's a huge group of people from everywhere speaking different languages all together in the same place. And they're all worshiping God. I just think that's, that is such a cool picture, especially with a missionary call. But like, it gives me hope for our denomination because we are a global denomination. Like, We don't and we don't just say that like we are trying to reach all the nations. And so it's cool to think one day all of us will be together. Mm -hmm. Think of like General Assembly and how exciting it is when you see somebody that you knew like one time who lived in Asia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's super cool. But that moment when we're all worshiping together. How cool. So awesome.
1: There's one priority, even though there's so much diversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, I love the language part. Um, several episodes ago, we talked uh, at length about languages. It grabs my attention here that it's not that we get to heaven and then there's this like one language that we all just speak. Right. Mm-hmm. There's still all different languages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we'll all understand each other, even though we all do have different languages. But I guess I would just emphasize The fact that I see that God wants diversity to be the norm. He wants different cultures to still remain different cultures, different Mm -hmm. languages to still be different languages, but for there to be unity within that diversity, Mm -hmm. that's much more powerful than just, ah, everyone gets to the same place and looks the same, talks the same and acts the exact same. It's
3: so bland. (laughs) It's so much cooler to think that everybody is united with one cause But still, like, holds on to their distinction.
1: That's a good way to Mm -hmm. say it.
2: Well, uh, something that jumped out for me was that they were wearing the same thing. They were wearing uh, white robes. And that's, I think, although, like, they were different. They were from uh, different backgrounds and different cultures and everything. They were wearing one same thing. And... I don't know, I was trying to picture in my mind how yeah. would that look like. And I was reading a commentary about what uh, the white robes mean. And they said it was, well, this white robe means glory and immortality. Mm. And so that means uh, once we're there, it's because we're going to have like this eternal life. Mm. And so uh, mm. like this clothing, that's, that's what makes this clothing special, right? Mm. Like the immor- immortality part. Even as you
1: say that, I think of in Colossians or even Ephesians or some other places when Paul says, you have to put on the new self, you know, Mm -hmm. and talks about almost as if the new self was clothing, you Mm -hmm. know, so throw away the dirty clothes, the old self and put on the new self. And though we are very different, uh, different cultures, languages, we've talked about that. We all do need to show up with clean robes, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. holiness, integrity.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think their worship of the Lamb they they're there and they are gathered around the thon- the throne and that is what draws them together. That is what is their unifying force is the worship of God the Father. Mm. And um, I really appreciate that. Vision, because I really do think it's the only thing that can unify. uh So we've talked before about multicultural congregations and diversity, mm-hmm. and and I feel like we always land on and it's hard, and <laughs> it's exhausting, and it's tiring, and you know all of these real a- attributes to it. But there's something apart about we're a part of a heavenly host that is constantly worshiping God. And I've thought about it before and the way of um, I talk with people sometimes that say like they don't want to be a part of a church service or they don't want to be in realms, you know, where the church is. If it makes me uncomfortable. But then you say, well, like, do you want to go to heaven? You know, when you die, do you want to be in heaven? Oh, yeah, I want to be in heaven when I die. Mm -hmm. But like the things here on earth that are like our little taste of heaven or our little glimpse of heaven, you know, of worshiping together as the body. They're like, oh, But that makes me uncomfortable. Mm. It's like you're probably going to be pretty uncomfortable in heaven, (laughs) then too. Like, that is what heaven is. It's all worship. It is all worship. It's all God. It is, you know, we've got these secular concepts of what heaven is. But what heaven is, is constantly glorifying and praising God, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, if we can't do that here, I like to think about our time on earth as the practice session, right? And like, if those things are making us uncomfortable now, or, you know, I remember as a kid thinking eternity is so long, you know, it's (laughs) one of those things that you almost get your brain wrapped around and then you're like, oh, I just lost it, you know? But I just remember thinking like, it never ends. That's going to be terrible. But the more that I've come to know who God is and and love Jesus, like really love, I love Jesus. Like heaven to me has become one of those things of like, it's going to be great. You know, it's not just like, oh, well, we're in a nice place forever. <laughs> like we are in God's presence forever. Yeah. And I love the worship of God. Even when AJ was reading it, it just seems like it goes on and on and on, right? Either praise and glory, and it's like they keep thinking, and wisdom, (laughs) and thanks, and honor, and And, power, and strength, and, 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 you know? And I just, I love the mentality of thinking about a worship of God that is just so, like— overflowing its banks and that that's what we get here in revelation and that's why we do what we do on this earth that's why we we praise him on earth but we want everybody to be a part of that to love him with all of their hearts so that when we're a part of that in heaven it's like oh i knew i was just tasting a little piece of it on (laughs) earth and this is amazing i think it'll be amazing
1: yeah that does go back to what i was saying like it's it's Heaven is a place of a lot of activity Mm -hmm. um, because like a lot of times we think, well, other people will be serving us. We'll just be able to rest. (laughs) And there is a rest aspect. I mean, Mm -hmm. an eternal rest. Praise the Lord for that. But at the same time, if we don't like serving here,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. we're not going to really be at home in heaven. (laughs) Right. Because it's all about serving. Mm. If we don't like worshiping, of course, singing, and but worshiping with our entire lives mm-hmm. here. Well, heaven, that's what it's going to be. And so, you know, this is almost a preview or a practice for the real thing, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I found interesting, it mentions palm branches. And I was reading a commentary that said palm branches were actually the sign of victory. Like when warriors went off to battle and they were victorious on the battlefield and they came home to the city the people would wave palm branches signifying like they won you know they won this battle and i thought that was really interesting cuz here we here we see this picture at the end of all these people waving palm branches and it could be like easily overlooked but if you really think about the significance like something happened right for them to to be waving these palm branches to be declaring victory Mm-hmm. they would have had to gone into battle. Oh, they would have yeah. had to fought, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't just pick up a palm branch if you lost. That's mm-hmm. a sign of of winning the battle. Or if you've done nothing or and just had hey, <laughs> palm branches. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Party hats. Like yeah. Yeah. Palm branches. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs>
0: so it's saying like, like these people had to have done something, like fought hmm. a good fight. And that says to me, like, it's not – here in this time on this earth, being a Christian isn't just, you know, like attending a service or memorizing scripture, but it's like to be a Christian is to willingly sign up for this battle against evil Ugh. and even maybe, quote unquote, lose some things that this world considers valuable, but all for the sake of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like That is what it's about. Wow. and. And so when we come to the end of this, this time when we're all together and praising, like we are victorious. We raise our palm branches and we celebrate because, I mean, we already know how it ends. Mm -hmm. And it's like we are victorious, but we have to go through that battle first. Like there's we can't raise the palm branch unless we've gone through the battle. Mm.
4: Yeah, I think a, a piece of that is even seen in. I mean, obviously, whenever, especially in Revelation, but whenever you're talking about passages of Scripture, you have to know the context of where these things are. And um, just in chapter six, it starts in verse 10. And it says, they called out in a loud voice, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Then each of them was given a white robe. And they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. Mm -hmm. And I think those are (laughs) things that like, man, when you start to really read the Bible and and say, how does this apply to my life? I 100 percent agree with you, AJ, that Christianity is signing up for. Something bigger than just like I attend church service on Sunday mornings, (laughs) you know, of like, oh, yes, I mark the box that I'm a Christian. It is signing up for war. It is you're not drafted into it. God doesn't make you do it. But if you say you're going to do it, you're going to be on the front lines. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I mean, we see the white robes again. God gives yeah. those white robes yeah. and then God's the avenger of blood. You yeah. know, that's not our position. We just serve. We are the worthless servants, you mm-hmm. know, and and that's a piece of it. Yeah.
1: This really has implications for what we would call the persecuted church. Yes. And that's what we see in Revelation. There will be people in heaven that haven't undergone the same persecution that right now is happening in many countries. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, The fact that we don't necessarily have to undergo such a terrible persecution, but for many we do. And I say we, because these are our brothers and sisters in these countries and they're the ones seems like maybe we would not like this, but it seems like they're the first ones. In fact, they're the first ones that receive the robes. They're the first ones that are on on the front of the line. They're the first ones that are exclaiming. I like that it says in a loud voice.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that was interesting for me because it says uh, after they were holding the palm branches, it says and they crowd in a loud voice. It's yes. not like they were just worshiping God, mm-hmm. like. Ah. No, no, in <laughs> a loud voice. Yeah, whispering, whispering. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so that means like they have energy, you know, yeah. like that means strength. That means like um, they will really want to do that, wow. you know. Pumped. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it, it's very, very interesting to me because I don't know how many times when we're like in our services uh, in the, the church building, how many times we are actually crying out you know uh, but out loud how many times are we like shouting out and it's sometimes people may may think that maybe those christians are crazy but that's what we're going to do when we're in heaven Hmm. you know we're gonna be like crying out like with a loud voice and i have a loud voice so
3: (laughs) super appreciative
2: so yeah so i really like this part this makes me think Uh, I heard
1: that uh, Christians, and I won't mention the country, but uh, persecuted Christians in a certain country, they cannot have a building. They cannot have a a place of worship. So their place of worship are the homes, are Mm -hmm. the houses, and they have to meet in secret. And as they meet in secret, they want to sing, but they can't sing loudly or else neighbors or others are going to say. So they end up singing and really just whispering, like we kind of joke about it, but really just whispering. That's what they have to do because they are so persecuted, but there will come a moment. In fact, all of eternity Mm -hmm. will be where they can finally say, Mm -hmm. I am going to lift my voice. Mm -hmm. I am going to exclaim. I am going to proclaim. Mm -hmm. I am going to declare without anyone inhibiting, without anyone persecuting, that Jesus is the Lord, Mm -hmm. that salvation belongs to our God, Mm -hmm. to the Lamb who was slain. And this has implications for 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 all of us as Christians, but for missions, I think the implications are also super important.
4: Yeah, I think um just thinking through this conversation and even what Aja was saying about the palm branches, like Bible quizzing, right? When's the last time that you think about in the Bible what's the event that happens with palm branches? Yeah.
1: Triumphal entry. Triumphal
4: entry. And the people are raising their voice, but it is proclaiming Christ as king. Victory. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. Victory is coming. Mm -hmm. But like immediately that is Christ's walk to the cross. Mm -hmm. Like they're proclaiming him king and he does it in a totally different way than what they're expecting. And I think for us as the mm -hmm. church, like we need to see this as... God's kingdom comes in ways that might be totally different than what we're yes. expecting. Yeah. And that's how he works. Mm-hmm. Like the minute that we start to say, Oh, I know exactly how God works, you better start thinking, well, what's the opposite of what I'm thinking? Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> God always uses something really small to make the big, you know? And, yeah. and so I think I think he really specifically uses this image of palm branches. Because especially the readers of biblical culture would go back to that as well. The last time we saw palm branches was when Christ entered Jerusalem. We proclaimed him king. He died on a cross, but he rose again. You know, like that whole entire story that goes through is our story. You know, like we will die. We will yeah. die in Christ and we will rise again, and we will proclaim with palm branches, we'll be there to proclaim Christ as King. And I think it's just an amazing image. To allow ourselves to just rest in, you know, and to say that this is something that God's given us. Mm-hmm. We see it in the past. We can feel it now in our present, and we totally know it's coming in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of the hope of the gospel—that we yeah. don't just, um, in Spanish, we use the word aguantar. We don't just uh, endure. We don't just endure through it. We don't just get through the day. But like, this is our battle cry. This yeah. is the victory that we're walking toward. Yeah. Awesome.
1: This reminds me of a time when I was uh, in Tuxla, uh, Gutierrez, Mexico, and I decided to be a part of the uh, worship service of the third church of the Nazarene there. Pretty large congregation, large building as well. And uh, it happened to be their memorial service. They do this every year. So for all of the members that have passed away or all of the family members even uh, of the congregation that have passed away they honor them and it was very beautiful but it was also i have to admit it was it was also very constrained uh, if i can say say it that way and so they were reading this passage or at least the last part you know no more crying no more death no more and i remember i just was like overcome and i just was like hallelujah you know <laughs> <laughs> Like no, everyone else was just like solemn. It wasn't a funeral. I mean, it's important to say it wasn't a funeral, but still I was just like, this is an important this is an amazing passage. This is exciting. And like everybody just kind of looked back at me and I was like, oh, sorry, I guess that's not the right context, but I felt like it should be the right yeah, context, yeah, yeah. you know? And one of the things actually that uh um, after that passage was read, Pastor Freddy Arriola shared when he was in Los Angeles many years ago with Promise Keepers. I don't know if you remember Promise Keepers, but uh, really rallying men to be the men of God that we were created to be. And he said he was there, and there were 42,000 people in a football stadium, uh, American football stadium there in Los Angeles. And as they were there, the organizer of the event said— We're 42,000 strong. Now I want everyone to shout out on the count of three, who is your pastor? Right. And so they're from all different denominations, all different places. And, you know, and he says, one, two, three, and everyone just yells out and you can hear it just sounds like a bunch of different voices. And so then the organizer of the event yelled out, okay, we're proud of our churches. Yell out the name of your church. One, two, three. And everyone just yelled out and you could hear, oh, this is first Nazarene and this is second Baptist and this is, but you couldn't really hear anything. Only a few people around you and just murmuring really, even though everyone was yelling. And then he said, now I want you. Gives me chills to think about it. Now, I want you to yell out the name of your Savior. One, two, three. And everyone just yelled out, Jesus! Hmm. 42,000. And it makes me think when we are in heaven, it's only about Him, it's only about God, it's only about Jesus Christ. It's only about the Lamb. And in fact, what we see in Revelation should help us to know that down here on earth, it's all about Jesus as well.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: all must be about Him. Mm-hmm. And so, what does this have to do with missions? Some people are like, well, mm-hmm. Revelation doesn't have to do with missions very much. <laughs> it has mm-hmm. to do with missions because missions is worship. Yeah, We must worship Him. But we also want all tribes, all languages, all cultures, all peoples to also be joined in this worship. They're all going to be, Emily, you've said this before in some messages we've preached. They're all going to do it one way or the other. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. But we want to make sure that as many as possible do it on their own volition. Mm -hmm. Do it in their own power to say, Oh yes, I do this
0: willingly. Yeah. I do this uh happily. any other thoughts or any other i mean that's that's really our motivation of why why we do what we do mm-hmm. is so that everyone can be involved in this this celebration. Mm-hmm. I think that's really powerful yeah that 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 is the purpose of our of what we're doing yes,
1: yeah of our lives, but especially as yeah. missionaries of mm-hmm. all that we're doing right, right, yeah. And I think that's important. You guys are working witness coordinators. Your purpose is not to bring teams and build buildings and to even, you know. I know that you guys know that, but oh, there's a bigger thing at work here. Yeah, you know. And some of us that are involved in administration, I mean, we're involved in much more than that. But all of us have to do with administration at some point. We're not just doing that because eh, that's what we just have to. We're doing this out of worship to Him, and so that all the earth may know him. Mm -hmm. Well, if you guys have thoughts and want to contact us, we'd love to hear that if you're listening to this. Emily, where can they do that?
4: Mesoamericagenesis.org. You can find us on the podcast tab. You can also find us on Facebook at Worthless Servants Podcast. You can share this via that uh, Facebook link. Um, You can also, if you go to the website, sign up to receive it by WhatsApp. So if you're a WhatsApp user in English, uh, feel free to check out that little uh, fill-in form. And we will add you to the WhatsApp if you want to receive it that way.
1: That is awesome. I look forward to hearing from our listeners. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong.
4: I'm Freya Alindo. I'm Emily Armstrong.
1: I'm AJ Fry.
3: And I'm Chelsea Fry.
1: And we will talk with you next time.
0: For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.